Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rockefeller. My hometown didn't have any arcades, but we did have various places you could play video games, and each of them had their advantages. Some had comic books, some had pizza, others had places to sit. They all had character, and I would rotate between them, sometimes based on those other factors, but mostly based on the video games that they had in them. Because there was quite a lot of turnover on some of these machines, I would rotate frequently and see very interesting things, and always made a note when something unusual occurred. At the place that had the comic books, which was a newspaper store and cigarette shop, they had three arcade games that they would rotate, and at one point they got Mappy in. Mappy was not a huge success, but it was a lot of fun, and I was completely addicted to it. When I went down there, maybe during the second week, I was surprised because there was an adult playing Mappy. Now this was very weird. While I'd been to arcades and seen adults in them playing video games, I had never gone to one of my local haunts and seen anyone over the age of 18 playing. Now I have no idea how old this fellow was. I was a kid, so he could have been 50, he could have been 21, I don't know. The thing is, he kept coming back and playing Mappy. Week after week, I would go down there and he would be playing Mappy. It didn't even seem to matter what time of day it was. Randomly, he would just be there. Now, there were long stretches of time when he wasn't there. I know that because I would just rotate between these video game places just to watch other people play. Now, he was also very quiet, never engaged with anyone else around him, just came in, put his quarters in the machine, and he would play. So, this mysterious person was exciting to my friends and I. We would start to make up stories about who he was and what he was doing there. We would also comment to ourselves about what kind of video game player he was, which was above average. Then one day, Mappy was gone. This was not unusual. Games went away. But the guy was gone. We weren't sure where we would see him again. Was he a local? Where was he from? Then my friends and I were in the Acme Market, which is a supermarket chain in our area. And there he was, buying something at the register. It was so strange to see him out of context. Kind of like when you see a teacher not in school. You don't know how to react to it. It's like seeing a horse drive a car. You just freaked out and everything seems out of place. We never talked to him, but I do remember that we followed him to his car, staying at a respectful or at least kind of cowardly distance to see what he might drive. I don't know if we expected it to be a Mappy Mobile, maybe with Mappy characters painted on the side or something exciting. But if I remember right, it was just sort of a boring car. It's not like he hopped into a Trans Am and pulled away. I never saw him again. But whenever I think of Mappy, I can't help but think of this guy. Who was he? Why did he love Mappy? Was he trying to win some contest with his friends to see who was the best Mappy player? Or was he just like me and a big fan of this great video game? Sadly, at this point, I don't think I'm ever going to find out. But on today's show, I'd like to talk to you about a game that that guy and me were both passionate about back in the 80s, Mappy. We'll talk about the people behind Mappy, talk about gameplay, 
music, the companies that made it, sequels, spin-offs, animated series, and a whole lot more. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. paradigm of cats versus mice are ingrained into pop culture, especially for kids' entertainment. So it's no surprise that they would make the leap into video games. First, you had a game like Mousetrap by Exidy. And then I would say the ultimate of these games would be Mappy by Namco. Mappy was released in the United States in 1983. And in the US, it was distributed by Bally Midway. It's a side-scrolling platform game. Platform meaning that you go from level to level up and down like Donkey Kong. And side-scrolling meaning the board can actually move horizontally left to right. So if you moved all the way to the right, the screen would scroll. So it was bigger than the viewable area that you saw on the screen. The name of the game Mappy is most likely derived from the word Mappo, which according to what I read online is a pejorative slang term in Japanese for policemen. If it is, I really think we should start using it. Ah, gotta get away from the mappy. Eh. Hey, everybody, run. It's the mappy. Is that how you'd say it? I don't know. But I like it. The plot of the game is very simple. You're a mouse that is in a building full of burglar cats, cat burglars. And you are trying to get back the loot that they stole. And you get from floor to floor in this house by jumping on trampolines like Everybody else gets from floor to floor in their house. And then the one defense you have against the cats are doors. And by opening doors, you can push this wave that knocks the cats off screen, or you can even just hit into them. So before we talk about the game itself, let's talk about the companies behind it. The company that developed it was Namco, and they were also the publisher of the game in Japan. Namco was a huge video game manufacturer. It was founded in 1955 by Masaya Nakamura and started as an operator of coin-operated amusement rides. They would develop a partnership in 1959 with Walt Disney Productions and in the 60s would start to manufacture electromechanical arcade games like the game Periscope, which you might have heard of and seen. They would enter the video game industry in 1974 after acquiring the Japanese division of Atari. In 1977, they would rename themselves to Namco and publish their first original video game, GB. Their first big hit would probably be the shooter Galaxian, which came out in 1979, and then it was followed up by Pac-Man in 1980, which is the best-selling arcade game of all time. They would release other great games like Mappy, Galaga, Xevious, Pole Position, just a whole bunch of great games. Namco merged with Bandai in 2005 
And now all these games, which you can still see the Namco name on, you'll actually see Namco Bandai Games. And that started back in 2006. So if you were playing it in Japan, you would be familiar with the Namco name and you would see it on it. In the United States, the publisher of the game was Bally Midway. Bally Midway, or most frequently just referred to as Midway, would develop and publish lots of video games, very well-known ones, including games like Spy Hunter, Rampage, Mortal Kombat. They would also acquire the rights to video games that were developed by Atari and Williams, games like Gauntlet, Joust, and Defender. Midway was founded back in 1958, and they made amusement games back then. They were purchased by Bally Manufacturing in 1969, and they used that Bally Midway name in the 80s. They had their first big hit in the U.S. when they distributed Space Invaders in 1978. While Midway would continue to make games well into the new millennium, profits decreased, and it changed hands multiple times. Finally, going into bankruptcy around 2010. The development of Mappy happened at Namco, and the art in Mappy is remarkable. It was done by Hiroshi Ono, born in 1957. He passed away in 2021. He was a video game artist working almost all of his career at Namco and Bandai Namco. He would not only develop the pixel art, the art that you would see on screen, but the cabinet artwork for their arcade video games. He started at Namco in 1979, and one of his first jobs was to help improve the art for the video game Galaxian. After the success of that, he would go on to become involved in many other products. And throughout the early 80s, most of the successful video games from Namco feature art by him, including Mappy, Galaga, and this little game called Dig Dug, which is basically just a ripoff of Mr. Do. If you want to know why I said that, listen to my Mr. Do podcast. I know they're very different games, so keep the hate mail to yourself. I'm just sticking up for friends of the show, Mr. Do. Eventually, he would move to the mobile game division at Namco in 2000 and continue to make great pixel art. In 2021, he passed away. That same year, a Kickstarter was created to make a documentary about his career. So hopefully that will come out soon. It should be pretty interesting. Mappy is a pretty simple game once you get the hang of it. Although at first it looks a bit confusing. I'm going to expand upon what I talked about earlier. In the game, you control Mappy, the police mouse, through a mansion of cats called Meowkis, or in Japan, Mewkis, to try to get back stolen goods that are all around the mansion. You have a left-right joystick that you use to move Mappy around, and a single button that you use to operate doors. The mansion has six floors full of hallways, and the various items are stashed all around on these floors. To get around, you jump on trampolines that are placed throughout the house. Now, Mappy doesn't have a weapon, so he can't touch the cats. But if you're both in the air on the trampoline, you can pass through each other unharmed. Touch him when you're not on a trampoline, though, and you lose a life. Now, if you jump on a trampoline multiple times, the limit being four times in a row, the trampoline will break. So you need to get off it before the fourth jump. In addition to the Meowkis, there's also a boss named Goro, who also roams around. He's a bit more aggressive than his minions, and he'll hide behind items. If you recover an item that Goro is hiding behind, you receive an extra 1,000 points in addition to the score of the item. One of the things you need to master besides the trampolines is the opening and closing of doors. Doors will only open 
towards the doorknob. So that's a good indicator of what direction it's going to open. Now hitting a cat with a door scores 50 points and will stun the Meowki, knocking them down or pushing Goro backwards. Meowkis and Goros can open doors, but will be stunned by the very door they open, unless the door opens from the opposite side. So if the doorknob is away from them, then they can just walk through their doors. There is another type of door, a blue door. When you open a blue door, it blasts a microwave, because that's a thing, in the direction of that doorknob, and those will trap any cat. It touches and remove them from the game when it reaches the edge of the screen, and the more Meowkis you catch in it, the more points you score. And if you get Goro in one of those waves, the score is doubled. When they are pushed off the board, they eventually return shortly. You clear the level when you've gotten all the loot. If it's taking too long, you'll get a hurry message. And when that happens, the music and everything on screen speeds up, and more Meowkis are added. If you keep that up, a green disc will appear and start chasing you, so just be fast enough and hurry and finish. During the third round, and then every fourth round after, you get a bonus round. And in this round, there's no Meowkis to worry about. And you have to bounce across a series of trampolines, popping 15 different red balloons, and one with a Goro on it along the way. If you pop all the balloons, you get a 5,000 point bonus. And after every bonus round, the game gets a little bit faster, and new features are added. For example, a bell that will freeze the Meowkis. In the game, there are 256 levels, and once you get to 256, it resets and starts over. There are 15 rounds of the game, so even though there are 256 levels, they are 256 levels that repeat in rounds of 15. After that, it wraps back to the first. A little bit more detail on the points breakdown. There are two types of each treasure on each board, a tape player, a television, computer, a painting, and a safe. The tape player is worth 100, the television 200, the computer 300, the painting 400, and the safe 500. You also get points for things like bouncing on trampolines, striking a cat with a door, using the microwave on the cats or Goro. You get more for retrieving treasure with Goro behind it. If you use a bell, you get points for that. If you want to get good at this game, and I'm not an expert, but I've looked online and read some strategy guides, you really want to maximize your points. So you want to look to get treasures in pairs. So as you get things, multipliers will increase. So if you get the tape player and then the tape player, you get a multiplier. So if you keep that up, by the time you get the second safe, it's worth 3,000 points and not just 500, which allows you to get 8,500 points just from getting treasure. So right there, if you could start thinking in a sort of that level of sophistication and then start memorizing the patterns for doing it, you'll instantly elevate your game. Now I say memorize that pattern and that's really useful because in this game you want to constantly keep moving and you'll want to add as much efficiency as you can to the leaping. It might not seem like it's going to be very sophisticated because you only have that left-right joystick and the jump, but there's a lot more going on in the way that you can time things for Mappy to get to a level. And that's really helpful during the bonus stage where you're trying to just get over a wall to get to the next trampoline. You want to practice that so that you're timing it so that you're kind of pushing over the wall before you get to the end of it, which can shave just enough time off for you to do just a little bit better. There are people who have posted strategies and screenshots of how to play each level online. So if you want to become a Mappy Master, you should really consult those and you'll learn a lot. 
If you've played Mappy, you're probably familiar with this. That is the music of Mappy, which is based on ragtime music. And it gets that ragtime music because I think of an association with the Keystone Cops, the old sort of silent film police was an inspiration, and the person who was inspired was the composer of this music, Nobuyuki Onogi, who was a sound programmer and audio composer for Namco. He joined them in 1981, when he was 25, and would compose a lot of the music for their various arcade and Nintendo games. Some of his best-known works include Mappy, Pole Position, Galaga, and Bosconian. He was a pioneer in the video game music community, Sadly, passed away in 2019 at the age of 63. Another person who worked on the sound for this game and other Namco games was Fukashi Omorita. I mentioned him because he is one of the main sound programmers at Namco. Nobuyuki and Fukashi are responsible for most of the sound programming on a lot of Namco's early video games, including games on the arcade and the Famicom or Nintendo Entertainment System. Usually the programmer gets left off, so I thought I'd mention him. He had moved from Namco, eventually working at Smart Systems and Creamsoft. Unfortunately, he also passed away recently in 2021. Their music, though, lives on. There have actually been CD releases of Namco's work. There was Namco's Classic Collection Volume 1, released in 1998, which has mappy music on it. And then that same year, there's the Namco Classic Collection Techno Maniacs, which has some remixed music that has Mappy in it. All of them are pretty good, and all of them are available on YouTube to listen to. Probably other sources if you can't dig them up, because it can get kind of pricey to hunt these down nowadays. You can also find a lot of the original Mappy music online. The game was released in 1983 in Japan, North America, and Europe. In Japan, it came out in March of 83, in North America in April of 1983, and then would, at some point later, be distributed in Europe. I'm not sure of the exact month on that, but in Europe, it was distributed by Orion. In Japan, the game was wildly popular. In June of 1983, Game Machine magazine listed Mappy as their third most successful arcade unit that month. It also topped their chart for new arcade machines in 1983. But for some reason, while it was successful in the United States, it just wasn't as successful as it was in Japan. I can't really figure out why. Maybe it was just the stiff competition. Maybe it was just the amount of games that were coming out in 1983. What's unfortunate is because it wasn't a high-demand game, while they would develop the game for the Famicom in Japan, they never would port it to the Nintendo Entertainment System for release in the United States. It wouldn't seem to have been that difficult because the game is entirely in English. So the game wouldn't be released in either Europe or America. The only reason I can think of is that because it hadn't done as well in the arcade, they thought it probably wouldn't do as well on the Nintendo Entertainment System. While it didn't come out on the Nintendo Entertainment System, it did come out on the Famicom, it would get ports on lots of other systems in addition to mobile gaming platforms we have now, and things like the Evercade. It would get a release on Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance, Game Gear, the Nintendo DS, 
PlayStation, PlayStation 2, a Windows release, release on the Xbox, a release on the Sharp X1 computer, which is a new obsession of mine. I was not really that familiar with the Sharp X1, but you have to see the mappy port for the Sharp X1 and then see the Sharp X1 computer itself. It's something to see. The list of ports goes on and on, even up till more modern consoles, and I'm sure it will continue to expand. You can also emulate it on the majority of emulators out there. Mappy Land is a console-only sequel to Mappy, released in 1986 in Japan and 1989 in North America, which would be released on the Wii U Virtual Console in 2015. The gameplay is similar to the original Mappy, where the player has to collect items and avoid Meowkies with the assistance of trampolines that break if you jump on them too many times. But there are no doors and microwaves. Instead, there are stage-specific things that you would use. So it's a little bit more advanced, and you learn a little bit more about Mappy's backstory and Mappy Jr. and his wife, Mappyco, and a lot of the stories revolve around that. For example, in Story 1, it's Mappyco's birthday, and you have to go get cheese, which is a very apt thing to buy for a mouse. In 1986, an arcade game was released by Namco, Hopping Mappy, which is a sequel to Mappy. This game's a bit different. In it, you take the role of Mappy, again, member of the micro-police, as he bounces on a pogo stick. So lots of jumping still. You can bounce in any of the four directions, and you're basically jumping on a checkerboard. There's the same sort of hurry-up message and the same villains. It's a nice new variation on it and a lot of fun. And it was also very popular in Japan in April of 86. There was a Famicom-only release in Japan called Mappy Kids. In it, you play the son of Mappy, who is trying to find a wife, but needs to prove himself in order to win her over. It's a 2D platformer, and you have to avoid obstacles and enemies. There's a jump button and an attack button, so kind of very different than other of the Mappy games. And again, only released in Japan for the Famicom in 1989. While that could have been the end of the Mappy story, there hasn't been a new game. But there was an interesting release by Bandai Namco, when they created a web series titled Mappy the Beat. It was written and directed by Scott Kurtz and Chris Straub, who also did the voices of the characters. It's a very flat animation, but it follows the story of Mappy, who is now working as a security guard for his former foe Goro's company, Nyamco. And in the cartoon, he's partnered with his friend and fellow Nyamco employee, Dig Dug, and Sky Kid. And along the way, other Bandai Namco characters show up, they premiered on YouTube in 2013, and there were 13 episodes made, each about 8 minutes long. The final episode came out in 2014. Unfortunately, they only made the 13 episodes, and then the original YouTube channel where they had appeared was taken down. But fortunately for people who love this sort of stuff, somebody saved them and has uploaded them. Actually, a lot of people have uploaded them, and they are pretty funny. I love Dig Dug's obsession with digging, and I kind of wish they jumped deeper into the mythology. And I think a Mappy cartoon would really work. Mappy is one of those games that doesn't often get mentioned in people's top games of the time, but it was popular. It gobbled up quarters, and it had 
plenty of ports and there are plenty of people who really love this game. And I think if you haven't tried it and you give it a shot, you'll be surprised at how good it is and how playable it is once you get the hang of it. So if you're looking for a fun retro game to try or maybe retry because you haven't tried it in a while, why not try Mappy? Give it a shot. I think you'll find the style and gameplay works very well. And I think if it's a game that you're interested in mastering, there's lots of great information online for doing so. And if you need a laugh, why not check out the Mappy animated series? It's on YouTube and it's pretty funny. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at retroist.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you like what you hear, you should follow Peachy on Twitch and Twitter. He's at PeachyPixel8. That's the word Peachy, the word Pixel, and the number 8. If you're getting this site on the Retroist, the art you see is provided by Christopher Tupa. If you like what you see, you should drop by Christopher Tupa's website. It's at ctupa.com. That's the letter C. T-U-P-A.com. If you'd like to support the show, make sure you rate and review the show wherever you downloaded it. You can also drop by patreon.com slash retroist and become a supporter of the show. Supporters of the show get bonus episodes, bonus tracks, bonus scans, and access to the Retroist Discord. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. The game's style is arcade. This has been a Retroist production. Goodbye.